Good evening and welcome to another episode of From the Backseat, a football podcast on all things Premier League. The Gunners hammer the hammers, Villa are on the ropes, City win again and Sheffield United win to ensure Derby's 11-point record remains intact. So on the pod today is me, co-host Jack, um, and my co-host Hugh. How are you, Hugh? Oh, very well, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I've had a little sabbatical from the pod, so a bit nervous to come back in, but feeling good, feeling positive. And we've got Dan as well on the pod, our Villa correspondent, and a bit of a sad boy today after the weekend's results. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good, Jack. Yeah, as you said, pretty sad, but I'll get over it. <laughs> they were saying just before it started, apparently, um, the Villa boys are getting a bit nervous now that they've had a few injuries and a few bad results. The good vibes are going. But we'll get on to that. Um, I think the only place to start really today is West Ham. Zero. Arsenal, six. Who saw it coming after West Ham had beaten Arsenal twice this season already? They were looking to make it free for free, but no, they got absolutely battered by the Gunners. And honestly, I feel like it could have been more. I feel like it, it could have been 7 0, could have been 8 0. You could have set a it record. It should have been. Yeah. Absolutely smashed them, as we should have after they beat us at the Emirates as well. So it was all the sweeter, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, tell a lie. We had planned to go out and watch it. And we also planned to go to the Chinese New Year parade. We ended up doing neither. So I caught the last 20 minutes live where we didn't score a goal, which is really sad. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in. Bess, if you're listening to this, I blame you for your poor planning. We just did neither. Um, but it was a great result. And it actually highlighted all things that we're so good at this season, right? Set piece fucking goals, guys. I said it last point. We are a sexy Stoke City, and that's how we played. That's how we played. You actually are. You actually are. Why, why do you think that is, though? Is it because Declan Rice is taking the corners now, maybe? But I didn't realise he was so good at set pieces. You see, his, his, two, his two assists were amazing, especially for that Gabriel Head with the free kick. He just... Perfect, mate. Does, does he do long throws as well, Declan Rice? Oh, he, he, <laughs> he, he looks like he could do a long throw. <laughs> yes. We're yet to see it. We're yet to see it. But here's a fun stat for you. Gabriel, since coming in to the Premier League, I get this right. Has scored the most set piece goals since his arrival. Mm-hmm. One more than James Ward Prowse now, the set piece king, the free kick master. So, I suppose well, he's he scored that many headers, mate. He's an absolute battering ram. <laughs> he loves a goal, doesn't he? Oh my god, I know it's oh crazy. It's crazy. I actually think he's having a better season than Saliba, which is absolutely nuts to, to even consider right now. Um, I feel like people are alternating Saliba and Gabriel in their fantasy as well. So I'd, I'd had Saliba in, saw he scored. I was like, get in. And then Gabriel scores like 10 minutes later to un- undo that change. Yeah, I don't know who you prefer right now. I think I prefer Gabriel right now. He's playing that confidence, you know, just like an absolute monster at the back. So, yeah, super happy to result. David Moy, surprised he's still West Ham manager. But I suppose they are only seventh, right? They look so trash, but actually they're still having a, a pretty tidy season. Um, they are having a good season, but like, is it because he plays bad football that there's just no patience with him ever? Because on paper, he's one of the best best managers around. He's won a European trophy. They're seventh. When he took over, they were like 17th. But just no one seems happy from a West Ham persuasion at all. Every single West Ham fan seems absolutely few furious with him and wants him gone. And his contract is up at the end of the season. I just, I don't know. He's not, he's not a popular man. 
you uh you sound like his post match interview which if you haven't listened to was was quite entertaining <laughs> he essentially just defended what what he's achieved at the club which was more than fair enough like stopped prevented relegation semi-final of the Europa League won the conference league but uh yeah he uh is pretty it's pretty split I think with the fan with the fans but yeah he just doesn't play attractive football and I think you just kind of accept that with Moyes yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's nicely summed up. To be fair, is he the most successful British manager since Fergie? Technically, mm, that's a horrible statistic. I think it could be isn't it? probably yes. I can't think of a single British manager since Fergie who's actually won a trophy. No, no, Brendan Rodgers is the most successful British manager. Oh, because he won like three titles with Celtic, didn't he? So, got to be. And he almost won a Premier League, so that basically counts as a trophy. Does that count? And all British managers can't even be in a title race. Name one British manager who's been in a title race. None. Zero. Does that count? I mean, winning leagues with Celtic. Absolutely not. Really count, does it? <laughs> uh, someone has to do it, and he's he did it. He's back there again, isn't he? I was thinking about this today, so I was wondering where the fuck he is. I think he's back at Celtic, though. Wait, he's sure doing very well this Yeah, time. he's back at Celtic. He was managing Leicester when they won the FA Cup, actually. It was Brendan. It was Brendan. Okay. So maybe Brendan, go. yeah, good shout, Brendan Rogers. So that, therefore, Brendan Rogers to West Ham. <laughs> it's, it's only, it's only logical. Makes sense to me. I feel like I feel like he really missed out on cashing in on his stock when it was high. Because he got the Liverpool job and he kind of fluffed it, and then he kind of fluffed the Leicester job, and now he's over. It's a bit like Graham Potter. Like they all just go like this. They have that peak, oh, and then as soon you. as it goes wrong. Potter to West Ham makes a lot of sense too. That makes a lot of sense. If you want, I think I think Potter could have a resurgence. I don't think he's done. I think Chelsea's just a Chelsea's just a blip essentially. I think he's got. Would you take Graham Potter at Aston Villa? Obviously, not not instead of not instead of Emery, but just generally, like if Emery just decides to leave tomorrow, would you take Graham Potter though? You probably would. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. But it was a successful afternoon for Arsenal. I feel like we exercised a lot of demons in this game. Saka scored two, including mm-hmm. a penalty after missing last time at London Stadium. That was about it. Bit of a dive, though. No, I was not. It's it pretty light. He stepped on his foot. 100% stonewall pen. And he really sold it as well, didn't he? So we loved that. El Nenny made an appearance, and you know it's going well when El Nenny gets to the second half. Yeah, our longest serving player now. Cedric played. <laughs> it's just like all the old boys coming back into the squad. Yeah, everyone, everyone got a run out. I, I missed the game as well. I was traveling to the to Villa Park, but I did get notifications of, of the goals, and it was reminiscent of the like Newcastle Spurs last season, just the goals coming in. It was, yeah. it was very entertaining. And from the first half out, it didn't really look like. Yeah, it was a quite an even game. West Ham were containing us. Wasn't that many chances apart from a crossfire chance. But as soon as that first goal went in, they just wilted and just dropped mm. to their knees, basically. And it was just, it was relentless. But frustratingly, as an Arsenal fan, you wonder where has this Arsenal been all season? This is easily our best performance today. Um, scoring like last season as well. But I just, I don't understand what clicked, to be honest, in this game. I don't know if West Ham were that bad or we were that good. I think it was a mixture of both. It's got to be a both. Yeah, definitely a combination. I enjoyed Ezek and Rice not celebrating, but kind of celebrating. Disappointing. Disappointing. Really disappointing. What a goal. What would you want him to celebrate? 100%. If I was Declan Rice and they were booing me, mate, I'd be going nuts. I'd be going Adi Bayo, mate. Just running down. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> don't lie. You've been on the receiving end of Adebayo. You don't want that. It's our time to shine, mate. <laughs> like we're still the best players for once. So yeah, I'm I'm annoyed you didn't go for an e slide. I was speaking to my colleague about this who supports Arsenal, and he do, he thinks Declan Rice hasn't really bought into Arsenal yet, which has made me very sad. So like in interviews, he does he doesn't refer to Arsenal as like we or us. He refers to them as Arsenal. Little things like that. Ah. And you know he was Mr. West Ham. He's obviously not Mr. Arsenal. He can't be up eight months, but. Is there that buy-in from Declan Rice? Oh, I hope so. Very well. He, he is playing very well. It's true. Yeah, he seems very happy. He's he's pretty unbelievable, to be honest. The more I see him play, the more I realise how everyone else has missed out on maybe the most complete English midfielder around, not called Jude Bellingham. It makes me a bit sad because he was there. He was gettable for everyone because he was at West Ham. Obviously, cost a lot of money, but he was gettable. I think the biggest, yeah, I feel a bit the biggest testament is is that no one's questioning the price tag eight months in. Not like, no. like no. Fernandez. No offense, Chelsea. Sorry, Joe. But you know, it's not a question that was completely fair, which is not in itself, but it's just it's more of a, a sort of market, right? Yeah, no question. I think he's the best signing made in the summer now. I just can't think of anyone else who's this good. Wait for Dan to say yes as well. Come on, Dan. Yeah, no, I agree. It probably had the biggest impact on on the team, I think. <laughs> okay. Can we win the league? Do you think we can do it? Probably not. Probably don't want to get so, Makes no win against David Moyes' West Ham, but... I, I actually think... So, basically, I was reading about this. Apparently, Arsenal have the lowest XG against them. So, like, on paper, they're letting the most chances on their goal. Or the least amount of chances. The only problem is they don't score many goals, but... If they can just start scoring again, so a bit rubbish in front of goal, maybe stop playing Jay-Z's and start playing Trossard because, I mean, they played him as a false nine and they won 6-0, so run with that. The team with the lowest XG against them wins the league every year, basically, historically. So Arsenal are the best defensive team and they're also set-piece merchants. So if they can just rediscover scoring goals again, then yeah, statistically, they should win the league. But obviously, Man City mm. do exist, but... The underlying statistics are quite promising for Arsenal, actually, because Liverpool are quite rocky defensively. Like, we let a lot of big chances. As shown when we played Arsenal, we got absolutely battered. And Man City, I mean, they're inevitable, but you never know. No. They're not defensively as sound as Arsenal. So De Bruyne are coming back. You just know. Make it that way you will. You just know. Full, full power City, Harlem scoring at the weekend as well. It just seems inevitable, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It just seems inevitable. It's very... Very compelling stat though, Jack. And actually, like the goal difference, like four in terms of like goals scored, is is pretty similar with like City, Arsenal, um, Liverpool. There's not that much, like, not that much in it. But you, we, without them having like a proper striker, you do worry for Arsenal. But love to clearly, see if, they, if they keep winning games, it doesn't matter. Well, I think we could win the Champions League. Exactly. And I know that sounds nuts, but we're untested in Europe, Dan. I see you pulling the face, right? But. Eight years in about Champions League, whereas Ooh. everyone's sitting deep in the Prem this year, which I think is part of the problem why we can't score. We're unknown quantity mm-hmm. in modern day European football. So I think, bar Real Madrid, I'm confident we could win two legs against any team in Europe right now. I don't think there's any oh, that's that's team. team. Sorry, apart from City and Madrid, <laughs> be any team <laughs> over two a two legged tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got to hope we don't run into. What either. would you rather? Champs, really? Not to me. 
just got to stop those Twitch trolls waving in our face every time, especially now City have got one as well. Just thinking Bakaya yeah, Saka that little, in it. That, that first little star above your badge would be nice. Don't We've get got one, don't we, Dan? We've got a couple, a couple of them. I know, Villa, and then Villa won't be able to sing Champions of Europe. You'll never sing that. <laughs> sick of it. Sick of it. I'm not going to forest, mate. Bunch of wankers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it all counts. Right. Last thing. Um, last thing. David Moyes. Is he going to make it to the end of the season? And should he make it? Yeah. And should he get a contract extension? Where's everyone's heads at, David Moyes? I think he's very negative and he's a bit, he's a bit old fashioned. But You've always had it in for Moyes, though. West. I just think West Ham could be a really shit team. They could be Crystal Palace or they could be like, they could be Everton. So I think just make peace with the fact you will get battered every now and again. Because if like Brighton get battered sometimes and they don't really cry about it, you know, they accept it's part of the process. They're sexy football, don't they? Mm. But maybe being unsexy is so, it's, you know, if you go far enough, it's trendy again, you know, being like Brexit football. I don't know. Well, let's ask Dan. He's gone from Gerard to Unai. What would you prefer? True. Success, dodgy football, or sexy... Where was the success of Gerard? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> in a different yeah. universe where Gerard actually did relatively well. <laughs> play shit yeah, football and yeah. do shit. Would Pretty you... incorrect comparison. I, I, I'd pick sexy football. Yeah, I think so every time. Do what I down. Like, yeah. Fair. All right, let's move on then. Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 2. Dan, what's happened here? What has happened here? <laughs> it's not looking good. That's one win in four games, Dan. It's true. It's not looking good. It's true. Is this a blip? Is it? Is this just fatigue? Catching up with the team? Too many fixtures? Not enough squad depth? Lack of rotation? Are Villa just running out of luck because they're just a very lucky team with a very streaky striker? What's going on? Wow, not a not a theories brain thrown out there. Dashing packs. Don't know where to start. Really, I think uh, we we missed a lot of chances. I'm sure you like. I'm sure you watched the game. I think if we'd have won that game, like if we'd have converted, yeah, Watkins should have scored. Ramsey probably should have scored. Dougie Louise should have scored. It's like left footed chance that he kind of scuffed, and I think completely different outlook. We. Outplayed United. I'm going to talk about United in a second because they are just such a bizarre team. But um, yeah, I think we've not been playing that well since we beat City, like pre-Christmas. I do think it's some factors of uh, added pressure when we got mentioned being in the title race and um, missing some like key players. And like definitely, I've noticed like teams come and when they don't have the ball, they do just camp like two blocks of four, four behind the ball we find it a little bit challenging to like break down and yeah we uh i think yeah people I'd say that's that a compliment of... then mm. it's a compliment you know you are a big dangerous team now and unfortunately that means that everyone just parks the bus and tries to counter you in your very high line it's a sign that you're a dangerous team it's a sign of respect i'd say yeah, yeah it felt like there was only really one big club playing yesterday against united <laughs> I, I just need to bash them a little bit here. I think we can all get on board, but trying to work out their style of play or any patterns of play is is, uh, is kind of impossible. They counted pretty well. They looked much more comfortable when uh, we were in possession, which is which is mm -hmm. fine. Um, but when they had the ball at the back, really 
didn't see what Varane or like Maguire were trying to do, where they were trying to where they were trying to pass. Um, I don't know as well, a bit random, but did you see Casemiro get a yellow card? I didn't know. What happened? Well, it looked a bit like simulation from like Matty Cash, but when you cry wolf and you're Casemiro and probably one of the like dirtiest players to play. <laughs> no one believed and the ref didn't believe him and he was going like this like every corner of the ground and it was just it was just hysterical so that was a highlight pantomime. so he was a proper pantomime villain basically just playing to the to the crowd he was um but yeah just chances missed and you're right you I think... Douglas Louise playing to the crowd as well because he was also a pantomime oh, villain yeah. in his own way that, a I enjoyed that celebration very much from Douglas yeah that... With his chest, it was very spontaneous, very weird, but I'm here for it. I know, I'm not sure who it was that Onana, I think, all around, but yeah, it didn't age well. But uh, I'll allow it. I'll it was a Neil Mopay kind of thing, wasn't it? Just like just a bit of unnecessary trolling out of nowhere. Nah, yeah. I'm here for the drama. Do you think that the high lines be found out a little bit or Unai's system? Right, well, we've to come to our defense we've been playing with our like third and fourth choice center backs recently so obviously we know mings is out konza got an injury last season mm -hmm. he's played pretty much every minute of every game he's very integral to what villa do and we've been playing with longley and diego carlos who are decent players in their own right but i'm not sure they're like the leaders or like communicators like in that in that back four probably the slowest of like all of them mm. um and i think the pair of them like we didn't even catch uh, anyone offside i think in the chelsea game when they played together previously which was a big sign and we normally catch people offside all the time so we've got pal torres coming back from fit coming back from injury but he wasn't rushed in so i think that's uh hang on so is your starting center back pairing concert and pal torres generally yeah, since Ming's got injured at the start, yeah, we had Konza and Pal Torres. And Pal Torres oh, is really key. You've got so many good centre-backs. I didn't even realise that. You've got like five really strong centre-backs. Different qualities, but on paper. I didn't realise that. I guess they're integral to the system, though, right? To have really good centre-backs that can read the game, I suppose. But only two currently fit right now. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And now so. we've... And, and not to bemoan injuries, but I think, yeah, one of the things that I'm concerned about, and they're like in the push for fourth or fifth, is just the, the depth of the squad. We've lost Kamara today for like a long-term knee injury. So we've had Buendia, Mings, Kamara now out with knee injuries. So I think that's a big difference in there. Is, uh, yeah, squad depth versus like Liverpool, City and Arsenal is not comparable. I almost... Oh, it's all doom and gloom, isn't it? Cranky. We're yeah. going to come on to United soon. It'll be further doom and gloom for us, for all of us. I do feel like Aston Villa's success has come maybe a season too early. I mean, it's still like in the middle, in the midst of a project, right? They're going to go in the summer mm -hmm. again, and they're going to keep improving. Would you say where, where would you settle? So you had you had Conference League, if I'm not mistaken, that's what you qualified for last season. What's the natural next step? Considering that you were put as top four contenders, like you said over Christmas, right? It's looking very competitive now at the top. Would you settle for Europa League? Uh, potentially, but I think we can push and get fifth based on like watching United play. They 
are likely like to pick up like results, but we're a far better team. So I st I'm still confident in Villa. Stephen Warnock wrote wrote a good piece in the B in BBC today. I think he was uh, trying to protect his like prediction at the start of the season that Villa would be top four, and he was like reassuring the other fans that we would finish like top four, top five. I would love I to see to, that like, instead of Spurs. I would love it. Mm -hmm. I would love it. <laughs> the problem is Spurs yeah. have just got the Premier League to focus on. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Right, let's get on to my favourite subject. I've looked at the data, Dan. I've looked at the underlying numbers. And Ollie Watkins has played five Champions League clubs in the Premier League this season. And do you know how many goals and assists he's got? That's right. That's right. Listen up. Zero. Is he a flat track bully? <laughs> Is he a what? <laughs> Is he a flat track bully, Dan? Because the statistics suggest he just scores against, you know, the weaker defences, but against real Champions League quality opposition. He's just not quite, he's not quite clinical enough. I think that was on show against Manchester United again, wouldn't you say? It's brutal. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, I think today, yeah, we de he definitely, he definitely should have scored. I was, the one, the one chance where he got, he got played through by McGinn, he just, he waited for the ball to come to him, which was really frustrating. Um, but, some of his like movement yesterday, like work off the ball, like link up play was was brilliant. It was just missing the goals. I don't know how to defend like the contributions against the chance <laughs> that he decides. Um, but yeah, since I have seen since like Christmas's goal conversions dropped by half. Well, it's um, funny you should mention that, Dan. As we all know, the yeah. Darwin versus Ollie race is well and truly open. I would are we doing goals? Are we doing goal contributions or just purely goals? I think goals. Either. I mean, if you want just a finisher, then yeah, if you want to complete forwards, you probably just put hey. the whole package together. But just depends, really, doesn't it? Well, let's have a little run through. Darwin Nunes, 23 matches played or appeared in, eight goals, seven assists. Pretty solid, some might say. Pretty solid. Ollie Watkins, the useless lump, 24 games played, 11 goals, 10 assists. It's a healthy lead. That's a healthy lead. It's quite a healthy lead. Six That's goal contributions more and just one extra appearance. Now, granted, he started more games, but damn, I'd be pretty confident if I were you right now, especially after watching Darwin last weekend against Arsenal. I don't think he's going to score many. <laughs> I don't think he's going to score that many. I'll expect a, well, like a cash out option from Ash. Yeah. <laughs> Ash is at home crying right now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Give it time. Give it time. He's only one good game away from from it all coming together. Hey, Ollie Watkins. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. His time is over. His time is over. It's time of the the Darwin Nunes now. Um, I'm trying to work out if we should have a break or not. I'm, I'm completely lost where where we are in terms of the podcast time. Yeah, to explain that, um, we've just had numerous technical issues, right? So we're just freeballing this. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about Darwin Nunes and his great headed goal. Welcome back to Front Backseat Football Podcast. We are back with round two and we're going over to Anfield because we're biased. Liverpool free. Barely one. 
Yes, very nice, very comprehensive. Burnley are very bad at football and Liverpool are very bad at defending and Burnley are very bad at shooting. And that means that it was an easy win for us, but they probably should have drawn. should have been 3-3. But we take it, we move, and Darwin Nunes scored a nice goal. Diaz scored a nice goal. Diego Jota scored a nice goal. And everyone scored a header. Four-headed goals in the game. Has that ever happened before? Who knows? Probably. But it didn't. I, I don't think anyone learned anything from this game. I think Liverpool were quite bad defensively, and that does concern me generally. We let a lot of big chances on goal. Like, a lot. And the need for an actual defensive midfielder is growing every game. McAllister is sometimes very good, but it's not really his job. And Endo, as much as I love him, he's limited, isn't he? So that does cause me concern. I don't think you can win the Premier League just scoring, outscoring people. We tried it with Brendan. It didn't really work in the end. And I think Arsenal are much better defensively and City are much better defensively. But we're still top of the league as things stand somehow. So... It's a weird one, but I'm happy. But I'm feeling a little concerned that this last dance of the young clock is not going to end as well. It might just end with the Carabao Cup, which is a bit of a sad way to go out. You won't have that fairy tale. Fairy tale no. I'm interested yeah, on, on how you're conceding chances. I feel like you have that high line issue that we have. That seemed, Burnley seemed to be beating that. What's mm-hmm. going wrong? So I think basically what what we have done historically under Klopp is we play with a defensive midfielder in between the two centre-backs. So we essentially play like, like Arsenal do as well, like a lot of teams do now. You essentially play like three at the back in transition. But because we don't have a natural defensive midfielder, we end up just playing two centre-backs and everyone else just bombs forward. And it just creates horrible, horrible gaps on the flank. Like you see it in a lot of games. Canate is having to like cover right back, centre-back and defensive midfield all in one go and Van Dijk's trying to do the other, his best on the other side but we put too many players forward when what we could do is just pass the ball to players and maybe a bit more confident just dribbling and carrying the ball a bit further like we do a lot of unnecessary small passes in the middle that like little triangles that don't really need to happen um we're still working out that we have a few pieces that aren't quite good fits like Trent's a bit of an odd fit Trent's now become our defensive midfielder we don't have a right back. It's all a bit. We're fitting too many weird pieces in because they're too good at football to keep out, and it makes us a bit of a weird team. But we just back Allison generally. That's our mantra. And generally, he bails us out, but not against Arsenal. Let's talk about that. Do you reckon Allison volunteers because of his mistake against Arsenal? That's why Kelleher was in. Yeah, I don't I'm sure. I'm sure he just had a little cold and he just couldn't play. Um, but if you're going to use your second choice goalie, Burnley's not a bad fixture to do it. Thankfully, paper. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You guys were really trash in that first half, though. Mm-hmm. We we are actually quite rubbish generally, um, performance-wise. We're just very clinical, and it's bailed us out a lot. Like I think we we have an inflated position in the league generally i think i don't know, I don't know. it's it's not the liverpool like, old, but you're still grinding out results which arguably is better right yeah but i just think i don't think i think we've probably played well in about a third of the games generally this season and not all of them win we're still top we've of just, the league we just smash and yeah. grabbed it yeah we've, we've got great strikers like jota is clinical Darwin nunez is chaotic and underrated weirdly and my Salah is also really lethal and it's just like between them Gakpo's 
don't really have strong opinions about him either way. Diaz has started to contribute. We just have really good forwards. So just bails us out. But I'm not feeling very confident after that Arsenal win. And even this performance, I don't feel confident. But it's one of those I believe the, the crunch time Carretel. is coming. End of March, isn't it? City at Anfield. And we go away at the end of March to the Etihad. Like they're the big games. If everyone just keeps mm-hmm. working until then. That's going to be the real season defining moments, I reckon. And I reckon you guys can do City. I reckon Jurgen Klopp's got one last win in against Pep. He's got historically pretty good. Historically pretty good against City. I think Jurgen Klopp's got the best win win ratio against him across like his career. And yeah, it would feel very Jurgen Klopp to smash City one more time and then valiantly fall to second on the last day. That'd be a fitting <laughs> tribute, I think. <laughs> like a single goal. Oh man, let's hope. Let's hope. I say let's hope Liverpool win it this year, but actually, I don't want that. But I prefer Liverpool to win it out of City. Liverpool. It goes without saying, right? That's the pack. Likewise. Also, I heard a horrible thing today that apparently City are talking about the treble, the double treble, as a viable, you know, thing to do this season. And it hadn't occurred to me that that was even real. Obviously, it's real every season. But because the treble's so mythical, it didn't occur to me that it's becoming a real risk again. And that makes me deeply unhappy. I'd say at that point, English football's finished. If someone was a treble treble so. or a double treble. It's hard to say that feels league everywhere else, doesn't it? If that's happening. Yeah. I think at that point, the brand is quite damaged and it actually we should. It's in the Premier League's interest to send them all the way down at that point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. That's a lot of breaches and they're ruining the product. It's in everyone's interest to send them down and forget so it happened. It is a bit tiring now, isn't it? Would this be their sixth one in a row? No. But it'd be like six and seven years or something dumb. Yeah, six and seven or like seven and eight or something stupid. That's nuts. For the most competitive league in the world, that is absolutely nuts. But speaking of teams who win the title every year, what's going on in Bayern Munich? <laughs> and why are they not going to win after 10 wins in a row of the Bundesliga? Comprehensively smashed. We're a Premier League podcast, but it's very interesting what's going on in Germany. So we're going to talk about it. Bayern Leverkusen 3, Bayern Munich nil. Comprehensively battered by Xavi Alonso's upstarts. And as a future Liverpool manager, I'm excited to watch it happen. Oof. I mean, where do we begin with that? You know why they're leading the charge. It's obvious to me. It's not Alonso. Granite. Mm-hmm. Granite fucking Xhaka, mate. Granite fucking Xhaka. Yeah? He's got the bit between his teeth. And I reckon they will win it because of him. Because he knows from last year what it's like to be the underdog and topple them. Yeah? And he's not going to make the same mistakes. Yeah, actually, he's playing so well. I watched the extended highlights and... His passing so good. I miss Granite so much. I know we're talking about Bundesliga. Pulling the strings with me in midfield. Also surprising, Nathan Teller. Do you remember him at Southampton? I thought it was what? him. Yes. Doing really well. Tearing up by Munich. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? What the? Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. That's yeah, the guy. Not that good on paper. Mm. No. Villa have been uh, trying everything to sign Frimpong as well. Their, uh, their right back. Yeah, he looks good. He looks really, really good. Actually, looks very good. Him and Grimaldo, I think. Uh, yeah, and honestly, it's it's just giving me like Liverpool twenty eighteen vibes, like rampaging attacking fullbacks, just decimating everyone. And there's no answer for it. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why we need Xavi Alonso at Liverpool. He's the next Liverpool manager. 
to re-unlock Trent and Robertson for a few more seasons and recreate what he's doing with Leverkusen. But yeah, 31 games unbeaten this season. It's the longest unbeaten run, I think, ever now in Germany. Although, don't quote me on that, but pretty ridiculous. I think it is, though. How, how is this possible? How is this even possible? For a team where he picked them up and they were 17th. This is like taking Everton on a 31-game unbeaten run this season. Yeah. They, it makes lost, sense. they lost the top goal scorer as well last season. Not to chat about Villa again, but Diaby came for the Angela. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That's very, very true. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I guess it speaks more for Alonso's tactical acumen, if you will, that he can take this team to an unbeaten stage in February in the Bundesliga and also tear Bayern Munich apart 3 0. I mean, if you're going to do an interview for the Liverpool job, then this is the perfect, perfect candidate so far, right? And I almost feel like if he does win it with Leverkusen, I know it's only his first season, but like, what do you do after that? They've never won the Great Bundesliga. Warrior, has leave. Yeah, he's absolutely peaked at that point. I was thinking about this because obviously the future Liverpool job is is like coming up and it's a big one. He's definitely the favourite, but actually, like, Deserby's not flavour of the month anymore because he's only won like four games out of nineteen mm. in the Premier League. But does that really matter? Do we just get carried away with like recency bias? And like, should we actually look at who's the best fit? Because we got Jurgen Klopp after a pretty disastrous season, disastrous season at Dortmund. Like they, they were terrible, and we still stuck with him. So I wonder if that's the risk, like, isn't it, with Chabby? It's like he is, although a lot to work on with. paper. It is the hottest of hot streaks, but on paper you take not a lot. This is, this is this is what Villa did with Gerrard, wasn't it? <laughs> I put Gerard Gerard to replace Klopp actually. That's a brilliant idea, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Would love to see that. That was that was in the offing, wasn't it? That's what they thought. Mm. That's what the Liverpool fans thought when Gerard first came to Villa. They're like, yeah, just a nice stone to cut his teeth at Villa. You know, yeah. That was pretty good, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, put his feet up, and now he's at Al Etifak. Just doing very averagely. Got a new contract though, so cash in. Yeah, I don't think that says a lot. I think uh, I think Chabby is the is the real deal. I, could... I do. Yeah. Look at the the managers he's worked with in his career, right? Rafa, Carlo, Mourinho, Mourinho, Pep, Pep. Yeah, poor, isn't it? Really, you can't really learn from that. He he could be pet mark too couldn't he he seems mm. like a smart man he seems like a good lad he seems just like someone who's just got it all really he's just one of those people that's just winning at life mm. but also like exactly he's just a very likable man you know it's like if mm-hmm. bellingham wants to become a manager he'd be like yeah he's, he's, he's the real deal because he looks good and he was a good midfielder like chabby alonso can still ping a 50-yard pass so he must yeah be he's got that <laughs> Yeah, like he, he would though. He commands the dressing room really well because they're just like he's just a cool guy. Like you want to be like Chabi Alonso in the way that like David Moyes might struggle to connect. You feel like Chabi Alonso is just effortlessly connected with everyone. Do you think that plays a massive part? Like uh, a player, I think so. Like think about your working life. You've reputation got a that you like that you can connect with, like at work, and they're you know they're like quite close to your age. They're pretty cool. I've I think always wondered this. You're going to rate with, Sorry to interrupt, Jack. I've always wondered this with uh, Hodgson and uh, Elise and 
how does he chat to them he just he goes and looks at what's trending in the drill charts and then he goes and just references all of those artists <laughs> one by one <laughs> so, what, what do you think about digger d am i right guys <laughs> that's how i imagine it going down <laughs> oh roy oh roy speaking of roy he's about to kick off against chelsea what do we reckon lads uh a stodgy nil nil that would be right to be fair that would be fitting but actually i'm taking a tangent what do we think about Bayern munich and their collapse 11 years winning in a row looks like it's coming to an end doesn't it that's at this current time i still feel like they're just going to win it because that's just the way football is it's quite depressing in that regard the big teams do just end up winning i don't know five points behind with 13 games to go minimal what was the one yeah what was yeah, what was it last season with Dortmund? How how far ahead were they? Oh, it was like a walk in the park. Let's have a quick look. But yeah, that felt oh. inevitable that, that Bayern were going to... Sorry, Dan. That's not a walk in the park. <laughs> they won on goal difference. Yeah, they did. They won with like the last game of the season. <laughs> Dortmund lost at home. But I was just won- I was wondering what the... Uh... <laughs> I was wondering how in front Dortmund were at any stage in the season. Oh, be good if they must get at least 10 points. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd still back Bayern to reel them in because I feel like, respectfully, I don't mean this as a dick here, but once Arsenal realised that they could actually win it, it all changed. The mood definitely Granite, changed. That comes in. And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So Granite comes in with the experience and is like, lads, it's not over until it's over. He deserves a and bloody title. Go and two foot someone, get a bit carried away with all the passion and it'll all crumble from there. In fact, that would be my prediction. A granite red card to cause a Bayern Leverkusen collapse and the title charge. Yeah, I guess the difference is like this was like City Arsenal last year when they come and smashed a 3 1 or 3 0, even whereas they've actually just smashed Bayern. I don't think Bayern had a shot on goal. So, yeah, but now nah, I think once they lose one, they'll lose a couple within like a short period of time. It's just the way it goes. Do you want to make a wager? But I remember. Do you want to make a wager? We'll put some money yeah, on that. Yeah, 100%. What do you want to go yeah. for? What do you want to go for? £20 by Munich win it. Okay. 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 Done. I'll take that bet. I like, the, I like the contrast of like cynicism and uh, optimism from, from the two brothers here. <laughs> uh, you know what's weird, Dan, is that I'm actually very optimistic on this podcast and Jack is uncharacteristically cynic, cynical on this podcast. <laughs> Jack's yeah, actually quite I've a big become, optimist in life. <laughs> I've become a bit of like a like a Graham Souness figure where I've just... just just depressed by modern football just <laughs> makes me unhappy <laughs> well speaking about being depressed by modern football did anyone see the undertaker presenting saudi arabia's <laughs> bloody fa cup <laughs> or, or what's going farcical. on incredible absolutely farcical we've reached the matrix levels you know what's weird about that though it's like surely the undertaker it can't be that popular in saudi arabia in a deeply religious country you know having the undertaker <laughs> all people seems a bit against the grade i mean i don't know if i'm being out of, out of what you know i don't know if i'm saying the wrong thing there but it just seemed like an odd person to be doing it of all people which wrestler would be yeah he said a more appropriate wrestler so i've got one in mind but it's a bit on the nose <laughs> triple h it's oh. got to be the great carly surely oh the great carly is he still kicking about i think the man mountain is he still alive I'm, I'm, yeah, think, I'm thinking not. of Andre the Giant. <laughs> he is indeed still alive, the great Carly. But then I don't know if you're just being, no offence, a bit racist there. 
he's Indian after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> on the nose, isn't it? I just, I don't know. It just seems like a bizarre one, a real bizarre one. But Dan, like you said, Cristiano Ronaldo is loving it, wasn't he? It's, no. it's not seriously. Buzzing. Is yeah, there? I think I think we just need to enjoy it while it lasts. I think it's like the Chinese league. It's just it's just going to peter out. We're going to be like, do you remember when everyone was moving to Saudi for like 500,000 a week? The Undertaker, the trophy. Yeah, me too. Weird. Anyway, it's just, it's, no one wants to be there. It's very clear that no one wants to be there. Benzema's not happy. Henderson's already sacked it off. How many other players are just going to sack it off? Yeah. I think it's really peak. Neymar apparently is hating it as well. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Riyad Mahrez's wife is, is not too happy as well. <laughs> did you see Did you see that? <laughs> It is what it is. It's just a game, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so what? It's so funny. I'm also on his voice. Yeah, yeah. so like husky indeed. <laughs> you can just tell he accepted that offer like, without consulting his wife. Bless him. He definitely did. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. The classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's end on a nice. Let's end on a nice note. Ivory Coast have won Afcon. They were the hosts. Uh, my partner M worked on the opening ceremony, as did Bell, one of the one of the guests on the pod as well. So that's quite fun for them. We got a little shout out from the artist, but I think the biggest shout out should go to Sebastian Haller, yeah, because mm. he scored in the final. And for someone who came from West Ham, you know, ridicule, he's come back from pancreatic cancer, back at Dortmund doing bits. It's just a great story, generally, for him. And it was I'm happy for him. I'm happy for oh, the finish. Yeah. The finish was outrageous. It was so good that it looked like an own goal, didn't it? You're like, there's no yeah. conceivable way you could score that. And then you watch replay and you're like, whoa. It was the absolute definition of good touch for a big man. Mm. So delicate, so nice. So, yeah, congratulations, Ivory Coast. And Sebastian Heller. Well deserved. Agreed. I'd say Simon Adingra was arguably the player in that. So he looked so good. You know the guy from Brighton? They've done it again. From Brighton. Yeah. done it again. They've done it again. <laughs> How satisfying must it be to sign someone for like, I don't know, a pretty small amount of money and just watch their value grow? They're not even playing for your club. You're just watching them and you're like, I know. 50 mil, 50, 60 mil player right there. Easily. He's like in the 50, 60 mil bracket right now. If he continues his form, it's nuts. But we've all learned our lesson. Last... Right? Don't buy from yeah, Brighton. I want to add one final point on Brighton. Did you see their announcement video for their new signing? No, it is not. it is truly one of the greatest announcement videos ever. So the guy they signed from Boca Juniors, he's a ginger Argentinian. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Does slightly. <laughs> Sounds very very familiar. Sounds a lot like Alexis McAllister to me. But he's also the most signed wonder kid on Football Manager Twenty Four. And so what did they do? They signed him on Football Manager Twenty Four and recorded themselves signing him for Brighton, and then yeah. they launched it. That's the announcement video. And it's just him at the end, like. You know what I don't get is if he really is the most signed player in football manager, why weren't more people in for him? It seems too too simple, doesn't it? Surely. Just be like. Oh. But you'd back Brighton to get it right, so it does. Every time. It does. Yeah, I, I find it very confusing. Surely there's only a limited amount of players who are good. Surely it's not that difficult to work out who they are just buy them. That's what maybe I'm it. Yeah, I mean, as a Brighton fan, you know, you just have blind faith these days. I think the biggest 
the biggest thing is like they've been gutted and they're still doing so well in terms of their scouting. Like it's not about their football director or their scouts. It's about the system that they have in place. It's about the data. So fair play. Well done, Brighton. You fuckers. Well done. Take them all. We love Brian on this pod, so don't we? Bloody love him. Can't wait to have the Zerbi Anfield next season. Passion. <laughs> Passion on the touchline. And everyone getting their studs on the ball from deep. But anyway, yeah, I think that's enough. I think that's enough for the pods. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, apologies if the audio quality is a bit iffy. We had to do some, yeah, we had to do some like caretaker stuff to sort this out. I blame Riverside. I blame Riverside, Riverside too. This is this yeah. is really your last chance at this point, guys, because this is the second time now. Yeah. But follow us on socials from the backseat football, and we'll be back next week with a different lineup and different stuff to talk about. So thank you very much. Goodbye.